0: Two fat friends are going to be talking sports this week. Blockbuster trade dominating the headlines in the NFL leading up to Super Bowl weekend. The Cubs reached out west for Kyle Schwarber's replacement. Is a closer for the White Sox really worth $54 million
1: Grab a beer and hit the couch, sports fans. Sports, 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 sports. It's time for another episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Uh oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Bring Bringing in your face sports talk from Chicago, Dallas, Las Vegas, and beyond. And go Bears! Ah! And listen in to find out who'll get run over by this week's Smackwagon. Uh-huh. All that and more coming at you on this week's episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Here are your hosts, Ron L.V. Wrights and Timothy T. Dog Wiltberger. Hey,
0: buddy. What do you hear? What do you say? I hear a lot, man. Lots of things, man. A lot of of things are happening this week in sports. It's pretty interesting, actually. Quiet
1: down, quiet down.
0: Oh, uh-huh. go. good call! Most important
1: part of our podcast: a nice cold brewski.
0: I, you know, I, I almost forget about that whole brewski thing.
1: It's because you're not an alcoholic like me.
0: Ah, but let me crack it open. There you go. How many beers do you have in your fridge? Let's.
1: We should compare refrigerators.
0: Uh, seven to ten.
1: Yeah, yeah. I have seven to ten on the third shelf on the door. Nice. So just in that section, exactly. Just in that section. So what's shaking, man? It's been uh, an interesting weekend in sports, indeed.
0: Oh yeah, dude. We've got you know we've got hockey to talk about. We've got MLB free agency and trades. We've got NFL trades leading up to the Super Bowl. Yeah, kidding me? Oh yeah. That's. I mean, we're going to definitely break that one down because I think that's important. Oh uh, yeah. Especially in in the division of the Bears, that's that's important. So I'm curious Mm -hmm. to see. You know where that all ends up going and how well that plays out personally. we'll we'll get into that. Hey, and I got a new driver. Oh, yeah. What's his I mean, name? I, because I of the all the alcohol.
1: I, da, 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 da. I hit the shit out of that ball. Went to the driving range with it this weekend. And you know what? It It's not all about the swing. Sometimes the driver actually does make a difference.
0: And oh, really? I was hitting the
1: shit out of it. So it was well worth the purchase. Wow, be able to take you and Steve on now. Okay, so uh, why don't you Steve. tell
0: everybody what new driver you got? I got the
1: Ping. The Ping. Uh, what is it? The Ping. Ping G four ten or
0: something like that. I don't know. Well, that was very uneventful. The yeah. Ping G four ten. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. I don't remember. Exactly hey, if you can, as long as
1: you could hit the ball straight, straight far, it's all good. And but you know in the game of golf you're obviously only as good as your second shot so I'm going to hit it you know two hundred something yards on my drive and then I'm going to duff it ten feet with my seven iron and then spray my pitching wedge into the trap and then chip on in four or five and then three putt for an eight or whatever so you know but
0: it's at least a, the drive
1: was it's good it's a solid one ten yeah so yeah golf game sucks a bag of dicks but what are you going to do. There you go.
0: Yeah, at least, hey, at least you're in Dallas. You can play golf now. There's no way oh, yeah. you're going to be playing golf up in Chicago. Nine inches of snow, I think they got up there in Chicago. Steve and Terry and
1: Chuckle, they were all crying and sending their pictures. Although Steve did send a picture of him smoking a cigar. He was a happy okay. guy out there in the yeah. snow.
0: but Freezing his
1: tiny. And off. here I am. It was 74 degrees here yesterday. We were out at the, at the golf course. It's beautiful. Oh, Another really? Down
0: here. Nice. Yep. Miss
1: my miss my boys back home, but I'm I'm loving it down here definitely. Oh yeah, especially you 74 got degrees in
0: January. You kidding me? Yeah. That, kidding that's me? warmer that's warmer than Vegas right now. I think we were mm-hmm. like forty five to fifty degrees. It's After still it's still, cool it's still golf. It's still oh, golf. It's still golf in that weather. Absolutely. Oh,
1: but yeah, talking hockey, man, the Blackhawks, I, I'm liking this uh and kid, man, at goalie a hell of a lot better than I did early on.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know
1: if you saw what he did, they won. They won today. They uh, beat the Blue Jackets three to one, and um, you know after that that rough start, I think he he he's got smacked around. I think might have been because the season started on a Tuesday. It was on the nineteenth when the season
0: started, right? I think. No, thirteenth. Thirteenth. Oh, okay. Yeah. January, well,
1: he then. gave up five goals. Oh, that's right. He wasn't on there early, and he gave up five goals to uh, Florida in his opener.
0: But since then, he's given up just seven goals in four games. Yeah. So it, it does um, help to have the home games because you've got, you guys have had home games for the last few of them. And you're, yeah, a
1: couple of, yeah, he beat, he's the one that beat Detroit back to back at home. Uh, and then he lost the shootout to get to Nashville before, um, you know, losing, uh, I think he lost to, was it Columbus? I think it might've been Columbus on Friday. He might've been.
0: Well, Subban yeah, was in. He got the win today. Yeah. Subban was in last time the last game they did. They, they yeah, played Columbus. Yeah. Subban was in that. They lost, but they, they didn't lose by much to be honest with you you guys. Well, the first three games, I think it was the three games you guys lost by like, you gave up five goals each game or something, but you, you know, you had some people out. You still have Jonathan, Jonathan Tavares out. You've got some guys that are just getting together. Remember there is no, there was no preseason warm up. This is just, right. okay. Everyone you had like, well, because, because the, the blackhawks were in the playoffs they didn't even start preseason like warming up like a couple days before the start of the season same with the golden knights and a few other teams that made it everybody else had had a couple days i mean not many days but they had a couple days that they could you know get their teams kind of gelled or trying to get gelled and trying to figure out lines and stuff uh, the Blackhawks, uh, they have some struggles. They they also have some really good up-and-coming talent, and they already have three wins uh, and four losses. Well, he's been in the net for all three of those wins. And I think you need to keep him so, in net. to be honest with you. I don't think yeah. Subban's going to be your... was No. He wasn't our savior in Las Vegas, and he definitely... Now, he was helpful. When Fleury was out in that first season, he was absolutely much needed, and we got... Decent quality wins from him, but at this time he's not a starter. And he's a he's a he's a decent backup, but really not a starter. Yeah, and Lankadon, he's like I said, you guys got some really good talent, and you have Kirby Dash isn't even on right now. That's your rookie from last year. He's not even playing. He had broken risks in the World Juniors, so he's going to be out for a few months. If not, you know, the whole season, right? Because it's only 56 games. But the way the COVID's going around, it may be longer than that. Who knows? Yeah. But, yeah, Chicago, geez, Chicago right now is sixth in the division. Surprisingly, isn't this funny? They're, they're sixth in the division. They have nine points. They're tied with Tampa. Tampa Bay Lightning is, has nine points right now. Now, rel, it's relatively early. It's relatively early. But Tampa, you know, as good as they looked against Chicago, I mean, what's going on now? They have four wins, one loss. Chicago has three wins. You know, Chicago also has played four more games. Right. That's what I was going to say. They've got more games in on them. Yeah. But Florida is number one in in the league with 11 points. Columbus has 11 points. They also played 10 games. And we got to keep that in mind. A lot of these games weren't being played because of COVID or some of the restrictions. So not all games are being played immediately. Uh, I'm liking, I don't know about uh, the Couch Potato fans or I don't know about you, but I kind of like this back-to-back games. You can almost build up some rivalry there and be like, all right, we kicked their butts. This should be another win. And then they're battling, you know, to come back or whatever. Like Columbus beat us, Chicago, you know, two days ago or yesterday. And then they, Chicago comes back and, and wins one today. So, yeah, I
1: mean it is an interesting setup. I mean, I, I know we talked about that a little bit last time. How, how strange that was because I wasn't, I didn't know that that's how they were actually doing it. And it's just you know you, you just kind of can break this up into chunks, and you know it's like you were talking about the rivalry last time out with the Hawks and the Red Wings renewing that rivalry and seeing what that's going to be like. Wings not playing very well. Um, I think they've got the worst uh, goal differential between um, at least out in that in the uh, Central. And oh, yeah. only uh ottawa is worse and they're you know they're getting beat up by the other canadian teams but i don't know it is interesting seeing kind of you know this this setup and how they're going to be playing um you know and then of course dallas is in that same conference as the Blackhawks, so we're yeah. going to see a lot we're going to see them playing a lot you know each other a lot this year uh which is nice cause that means i'm going to be able to catch the you know see more of the blackhawks when they're playing dallas down here of course
0: now now are they allowing fans in your guys' stadium down there um, you know what? I think they're
1: allowing there's a percentage. I think so Dallas has a whatever the you know what other places are doing
0: where they're allowing. So you could to, yeah, you can go to a Dallas Chicago game for sure. Yeah, there you go. That'd be fun. Yeah, you're right. Dallas uh had to take a couple days off for COVID. Uh they played six games so far, they're four one and an overtime uh loss. So they got a they got a point for that. Um Dallas is uh you know they're looking pretty good they're they're kind of back on track or getting back on track track from last year when they made it all the way to the Stanley Cup finals and then yeah, you got
1: checked. they actually had Dallas at their last home game had four just over 4000 fans so that's probably about 25% somewhere in that yeah i think they're i think their capacity is somewhere in the 18 to 20 range so yeah um so yeah they're they're having fans there which is yeah i mean that, that maybe i think that's a good idea i may grab kevin and say hey let's go catch a Let's go catch a catch a hockey game. Yeah, I'm sure it's they not started be. off great. I mean, they won their, you know, they were of course were they were held up early on because of COVID and they, they you know, they won their first four games. They, you know, granted they smacked the Red Wings around a little bit. Um, but they're struggling. they've lost I think they lost their last two, so
0: well, no, um, they've lost well, they've lost one and and lost in a shootout or overtime loss, a shootout loss. Yeah. So, yeah. but they're 4-0 at home. Yeah. So, yeah, really, I mean, games, uh, if I you're just seen. looking at the the Discovery Ch- Central, <laughs> Discovery Central, it sounds like a, I wanted to say Discovery well, Channel.
1: Are you well, kidding me? What's funny is ESPN, like ESPN doesn't even have those names on there. Yeah, right? They just have Central, East, whatever. They don't have the advertising name or whatever.
0: I, the only team that's not doing well at home is the Detroit Red, Red Wings. They're two, three, and one. Chicago's three and one. Nashville's four and one home team advantage right now. Um, home field or home court or home ice or however you home want to look home at ice. it yeah, is, home ice. is looking really good for, for the teams in the discovery central. And then you come out yeah. West and I've got my golden Knights here in Las Vegas. They started off hot. Uh, they're five, one and one right now, but they had to take a couple games off there. What was interesting is they played uh St. Louis the last game they played, they lost an overtime loss. They did get a point, which was good, because they were down four to two. And they had to come back, tie it up four four. They go into overtime, they end up losing five four. A little shout out to my son, who when we were going to his hockey practice game, he says to me, uh, right now the, the St. Louis Blues were winning four to two. He's I swear to God, he says this to me. He goes, He goes, Vegas is gonna lose five four. Just saying. I know the future. I'm telling you what it is. I'm like, yeah, okay, kid, get in the, you know, go practice, and uh, they lose five four, which was uh, kind of funny to to hear because you're like, now I got to tell him he's right. Are you kidding me? So uh, Vegas. Uh, what was interesting though against the St. Louis game is their quarantine protocol. There was somebody that tested positive on the coaching staff, so they went ahead and pulled the whole coaching staff. So there was no coaching staff at all for the last Vegas Gold Knights game. And who subbed in was uh, Kelly McCrimmon, who is the general manager of the team. He's never coached, head coach. He has a lot of hockey experience. Never once was a head coach on the bench. He sat right. on the bench, and then luckily, uh, Las Vegas has a new um, minor league team called the the Henderson Silver Knights, and they're out here in my town in Henderson. And that coaching staff was in town because they are doing uh, preseason games right now. So they pulled the Henderson Silver Knights head coach and assistants and stuff. They pulled them in, and they ended up coaching the game. And they, so they got a point, you know, that was kind of interesting, different, Mm -hmm. but interesting. And then of course with Henderson silver Knights, uh, I believe I'm not sure what's going on with their coaching staff, but I know Derek England, who is there, who was our defensive captain. Theoretically, he was an assistant captain, but he, he might as well have been a captain from the first three seasons, really well-known player, defensively, you know, a little long in the tooth, but he was, he was still solid and he's from Vegas and he's played a lot of his career in Vegas. He got to coach the first preseason game of the silver Knights as a little, you know, probably thanks for doing what you do. And let's see how you are as far as coaching goes. But Las Vegas has played seven games. They're five, one and one, they're fourth in the division. St. Louis is, you know, has nine games played. They're six and two. They started off kind of shaky, but they won three in the row over the last uh, three games. I mean, got Colorado, which we we expect to be. I expect Colorado, St. Louis, and Vegas to be top three. It's almost there. St. Louis is one, Colorado two. Minnesota is in three, but I think Vegas would be up there if they were playing their games. Uh, Right now, they're postponed against San Jose Sharks. And then you have the good old, and that's the Honda West, and then you have the good old, <laughs> what is it? Scotia North. The old Scotia North, all the Canadian teams. You got 11. Vancouver is six and five. Uh, they're in third place. Toronto, I think, is going to be Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver. Probably going to be your top three. You'd think Edmonton might climb up there, or they should. They've got the players to do it. Calgary yeah,
1: Montreal Montreal's playing really well. I'm Montreal,
0: surprised by that. Yeah, 5-1 and 5-1 and 2. They're home, they've only played two home games, they're 1 and 1. They've won most of the most of their games on the road, but I if you're looking at the the north, I mean a lot of their wins is on the road. They're they're not strong home teams. The only one that really is that I can see as strong is Toronto. They're 3 and 1 but everyone yeah, it's
1: not it's nothing like the east or, or or the central as far as the dominance at home i mean you look at cuz the same thing in the east. east they're all the top teams they're washington philly boston pittsburgh i think those two those four teams combined there's only been one team that's lost at home that's, that's oh, yeah. you know and they've got you know whatever uh, 17 18 wins between the the four of them at home so that's
0: well we we argued that fact that you know, mass mutual east is probably going to be the the toughest division yeah, out of all those. Mean, you got some up and comers in Buffalo. You have some really good players in Buffalo. You got some great players in New Jersey, but you can't forget about Pittsburgh. Can't forget about Boston, Washington, Philadelphia. That just beats the hell out of everybody physically, mentally, and the team that got the number one pick this year, the Rangers, and they're in last and the Islanders who made it to the playoffs last year. They're in last play. They're they're, You know, now granted we're, we're, basically 2 weeks into the season. Yeah. You know, we're not that far in, but really 2 weeks into the season, Tim, 56 games, bro. It's not like you've got a lot of time to catch up. You know, if if you can get That's those right. if you can get those they're, wins,
1: they're basically about a fifth, you know, or sixth or so into the season. You're right. It's, you know, if you want to break this up into can't break it up necessarily. You know, yeah, if you break it up into quarters, they're only, you know, 4 or 5 games away from you know reaching the end of that first quarter of the season. So
0: yeah, so just a quick recap: Chicago beats the Blue Jackets today, three to one. Uh, Kharashov, Suter, and Kane score. As Chicago returns to the win Column on Sunday night hockey. Well, Kainer scored again. He's playing pretty well. He's on pace to have at least play as well as he did last year. Um, you know, as well as he's been playing. So. Oh yeah, uh, Patty Kane, man, that kid is. As you as you can see over my shoulder, man, I've got his autographed jersey sitting right up there, baby. Isn't it hard to believe that he's been in the league for? I want to say this is like his 14th season. Yeah. Does it even seem like that? It, it just doesn't. I mean, it's crazy. No, it doesn't. But and he's still young. <laughs> he's been in for 14 years. It was 30 something? Two. He's 32, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's got he's got many more years to go. I don't see them trading Patrick Kane at all. Um, I I. I don't see them oh, trading anybody. I mean, I mean,
1: that's was he making 10 million a year?
0: Yeah, but they locked him in for like 10 years. They locked in Keith and, you know, all those guys for many, many years thinking locked that would years. be your core, right? And you and they're playing okay and Kane's, Kane's playing great. It just and we don't even have Jonathan Taves back. Right. Hopefully he'll he'll uh, get better soon. You know what? Listen Jonathan Taves, if you're listening. Get better, Is he? okay? You think he is? I hope so.
1: Oh, we're pulling for you, bud. <laughs> we're pulling for yeah, you. Well, upper body injury, lower body injury, whatever, middle body,
0: body injury. Come on, baby. I think it's just general body injury. I think he just <laughs> feels Genital. tired. I think that's – that was. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't think oh, so. Yeah. But uh, congrats once again to Kevin uh, Lincoln Lincolnin, uh for 32 stops in the win. Great to see the Blackhawks getting their win, especially against Columbus which is a team that, you know, is a rivalry for the Blackhawks. So let's, uh, let's hope that we get more wins in the, in the win column for the good old Chicago Blackhawks. Also, side note, I'm actually happy that Chicago is keeping their logo and their the Blackhawks logo and name. Um, yeah. Out of everything that's been going on in this cancel culture uh, year of 2020 and starting into 2021, I think it's awesome that they reached out to the Blackhawk Nation um, I I think it's amazing that they're trying to bring up uh, a or they're building if they haven't already built it that area in their I think it's it's at the United Center or somewhere around there or maybe it's at their practice facility I'm not sure exactly where because I haven't seen it yet that talks about their heritage and why they were named and what was the reason behind they were named and so I tip my hats off to the Blackhawks for you know actually paying it forward on this one and stepping up and saying no we're not we're not going to get rid of the name. The name has yeah. a lot of meaning to us. the Blackhawk um nation that was in the region is why we were named after that tribe or that person or whatever the case is so thank you, Chicago Blackhawks. There you go. Good you stuff. got some MLB free agency stuff you want to talk about? I know you do, T Dog.
1: Well, you mentioned it in the teas at the beginning. The the Cubs. I know we talked about them last week and the things they've been changes they've been kind of going through. And uh, you're you're right. They reached out west, way out west, to the World Champion Los Angeles Dodgers to bring in Jock Peterson to play left field. I don't know if you know much about Jock Peterson, but um. I don't know that I'm very excited about this, this pickup. You know, I know that they got him for, I think, $3 million cheaper than it would have cost for Kyle Schwarber, presuming they would have paid the same price. Um, you're certainly getting an upgrade in, you know, at defense. Um, but this is another guy, the Cubs right now are, are are, you know, have guys on the team that just can't seem to hit their own weight. And he's another one. He's a streaky hitter. You know, he'll give you, you know, a, 345 or 400 batting average one month and then he'll hit 165 and you know he'll give you 10 home runs one month and he'll go homerless the following month and you know they didn't he doesn't play a lot against lefties because he just can't hit him you just can't see the ball off the left handers
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so not a signing necessarily you you think back a couple of years this name you know and you see you see this name and you might be like oh you know jock peterson from the dodgers wow that might be a good signing um, you know he he's definitely got pop in his bat. I think mean, the last full season, you know, obviously not last season, but the season before, I he, he hit I think thirty six out of the park. He doesn't strike out a ton, um, but you know if he played a full season, if you know against everybody, he probably would. So you know you split it up, and you know he's just they don't play him against left-handers.
0: Well, is it is, is it they don't play him against left-handers because he's he's not that good against left-handers, or they Correct. just have or or. The Dodgers have a lot of talent that they don't need him in those type of scenarios, so he can even get any better.
1: No, he just hasn't proven himself to be good against left handed left handed pitching. So Mm. I don't know. It's not you know to me. I'm a kind of a you know a a purist when it comes to baseball. You got to get on base, guys. You know, you gotta get guys who can get on base, who can, you know, move along on that base path. To me, it's not about I, I don't need guys smacking home runs all over the place. Get guys who can get on base. They they walk, they they make good contact with the baseball. I don't want a guy that hits two twenty and you know knocks in twenty-five home runs and fifty RBIs. To me, that just doesn't that just doesn't do it yeah, for them. But I'd rather have a guy that hits three thirty, gives you ten to fifteen home runs, scores a hundred runs for you. They need to find those guys. Yeah, but the problem is the chicks dig the long ball. Not anymore. Not anymore, Ron. That was that was back in the day when you could juice up and everything. You know, when yeah. Sammy Sosa's head, you know, grew to the size of a medicine ball. Uh, oh wait, he he didn't actually do any steroids. I think that's what he said. But anyway, yeah, right. But yeah, I mean, it's just so yeah. Jock Peterson comes in, and and you know there was something interesting in um, that came out with um, also the Cubs uh, that came out very, very recently. I think I want to say I read about it today um, regarding the Cubs. And as you know, I think we said last time where the Cubs are just, you know, they're not, they're not making a lot of moves. We talked last time their payroll was pretty low, you know, really not a lot of money out there for payroll. Yeah. Oh, I hear the music. You know, oh, I yeah. So... What happens? The Cubs sign, uh, you know, Jock Peterson, and all of a sudden, you know, um, Ricketts comes out and says, you know, that he's raising the the team payroll. And I'm thinking, well, that's kind of interesting. You're raising the team payroll after. What is this for? Is it so that you can come in and say, you know, oh, some of these guys, some of these main big names that already signed, we we were going to go after them. You know, we raised the payroll to go after them, and unfortunately, it didn't happen who are you bullshitting? Oh. I mean, we knew they were not, you know, it, it's all about them trying to save money right now, but I don't, I just, like I told you before, I'm not sure I understand what the direction is here. I think Jed Hoyer's got his hands full, um, trying to kind of pull, pull this apart and try to figure out where the Cubs want to go and re, you know, if they really want to rebuild that farm system, it's going to take some time. And we may have some lean years in Chicago again. Yeah. We talked about all the guys that were available for free agency, la- you know, they're coming up this coming year. Um, but just to come out after that was all said and done, and then say, "Oh, oh, well, you know, we're going to raise payroll now. What when everybody's already signed? I mean, you know, you're not going to get Trevor Bauer. So who the hell are you, bullshitting, Ricketts? Get out of here." Sorry. Yeah, that was a good that was a good time for you to pull out the smack wagon. So I mean, it's just you know, I, like I said, I, it'll be one thing, you know. It, we saw how the Cubs were this year. The offense was absolutely horrible, especially in the playoffs. You know, Yeah. You call it the playoffs, two games. Not only that Jack Peterson is necessarily the answer. Um, and not only that, dude, they're kicking the tires on some of these old starting pitchers that used to be in Chicago. Jake Arrieta. They're showing interest in Jake Arietta apparently. I know.
0: Um, and uh, Jeff Samarja. <laughs> I mean, seriously? If they were that good to be pitching. I know, right? No, I'm kidding. No, no, seriously. I haven't heard that. It, it seems like forever that, you know, Samarja was on the Cubs, but. I mean, anyway. la- last place I know Samarja to be at was again, was with Oakland, but I have no idea where he's at. And that was years and years ago. Yeah. But I mean, what but, are you doing? Are you bringing in pitching just the a roster? Is that what you're doing? It well, and that's be.
1: the thing. I mean, you look at, cause that's the one thing about Chicago that's going to look just insanely different this year than it was last year. Um, you know, with that Peterson signing, I think that their payroll is going to be up somewhere in the 140 million dollar range. Once they figure out what they're doing with Ian Hap, he'll likely get, um, you know, somewhere in the three to four million dollar range for for uh, arbitration. I think is what they said. But nonetheless, I mean, they you know they added Jock Peterson, they brought in um, uh, Trevor Williams, I think as well. Yeah. But you look at their starting pitchers, right? And we talked about Kyle Hendricks. We mentioned him last week. They've got Zach Davies. Now you've got Trevor Williams, who they brought in for I think just two and a half million. And then after that, dude, it's like, okay, who's it going to be? You got, uh, you know, Adbert Alzale, they said, is going to be up there. You do have Alec Mills, who did throw a no-hitter last year, but he's streaky. Hmm. Um, you've got a few other names that you probably never heard of, Braylon Marquez, Corey Abbott, Tyson Miller. These are guys that are going to be trying to fight for that fifth, fifth spot. This is a major market team, and we've got a lot of no-names that are fighting for that starting right. pitching rotation behind Kyle Hendricks. Um, so it's going to be rough, and even from a reliever perspective, yeah, you've got Kimbrell at the top of that list, you know, making sixteen million dollars, and then after that, it's a lot of oh boy, a lot of question mark, you know, in the bullpen. So, and that was something we've struggled with. So it's going to be interesting, you know. I know they've got, um, you know, a lot of rumors right now surrounding Wilson Contreras in the backstop, but beyond him, they don't have anybody else. Yeah. You trade him and you got nothing. I mean, you got they signed Austin Romaine. He's not going to give you anything. I mean, Miguel Amaya is still a year or two away, in my opinion. So they really don't have anything if they try to trade him. And if they do, they're just looking to save money in arbitration for next year. Um, so I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how this how this team plays out. I think the pitching on the surface, on the paper, is going to struggle. Um, you know, after Cal Hendricks is, sits down and the rest of the guys have to take the mound, it's going to be who knows what. And then when they have to turn the ball over to the bullpen, oh my gosh, I'm I'm just not, and may and I'm hoping I'm wrong, but I am not excited about what we're going to be seeing next year, um, or this year, I should say, on uh, the Cubs uh, and the Diamond. I don't know, man. It's just it's nerve wracking.
0: Yeah, it, it's definitely going to be nerve wracking, especially with some of the moves they made, and or didn't make or, or crying out. Or, loud. Yeah, I mean, you know who is making moves is. Not too far away from from Chicago, just a little south, a little bit. You got the yeah. you White got the Cardinals. Sox, no, 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 not just the White Sox. Oh. I'm saying for Chicago division.
1: Oh well, you're talking that St. Louis trade, yeah. Holy Nolan cow, yeah. Arenado, Nolan.
0: Are you kidding me? Yeah. He's going to be Cardinals. That
1: big, yeah, that was a big trade, and that was you know there was you know Colorado signed him to that big deal, and it's always funny whenever a player comes out of Colorado especially, well, certainly a hitter, Um, you know, and people saying, you know, how much are his stats padded by the fact that he played in Colorado? So they're always looking at what are his away stats? How does he do in other stadiums? Um, You know, you had that with Todd Helton back in the day and a few of the other sluggers. But right now I see this as, you know, Colorado was looking to get out from underneath that contract. They have Trevor Story there that I know they want to keep there long-term. He's going to command some pretty big money. I know there was – There were rumors about him or not possibly getting out west, further out west to the Dodgers, Um, but I don't think they wanted to trade him in the division. Uh, So yeah, big trade for the for the Cardinals, and you know again, the Cardinals make that big trade, and the Cubs all of a sudden came out and you know say that they're upping payroll. Right. (laughs) Well, is that because you realize your your biggest rival there uh, just made a huge splash, or what? Well,
0: MLB.com, you know, they're saying the you know the Cubs may start shipping more guys out now. Before this trade, okay. you can make the argument that the Cubs were still the favorites in the division. And then it would says, but you sure can't make that argument if this deal goes through. I, I I don't know if the deal has officially gone through or not, but if it has, if the Cubs aren't a serious contender right now and, and they have them at best at fourth before this trade, that's for the Cardinals to be at fourth, then why exactly are they keeping pending free agent Chris Bryant, Javier Baez... Craig Kimball and Anthony Rizzo around the NL centrals muddled um, was just waiting for one team to step forward and take control. So that's, you know, the, 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 other question is, do you say, well, you know, I've got, we'll raise the payroll, but we're going to shed, we're going to shed players too. Just cause you're saying well, you're raising the payroll doesn't mean that you're going to keep those players coming in, or maybe you shed them out because you're like, well, maybe the Cubs era is over. And we do need to. We don't have a really good farm system at this moment, and we really need to trade, you know, these younger players for value while they have it. Well, and I, yeah, and I, I get that,
1: but I think ultimately, when you look at it, they have to. You still have to field the team, and you know, it, I get the push to trade Chris Bryant. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I get the direction that they're going. The hard part right now is, is really predicting what kind of money he really would get on the open market to, based on how he's played as of late. He's injury prone. He has not hit very well. Um, so it's hard to kind of gauge that value. You know, three years ago, they were talking about him being a $300 million man like Bryce Harper and, yeah. and Manny Machado. The, the offseason, the hot stove is different. You know, you look at it, it's like you said, that they were waiting for the Cardinals to, or a team to make the move, you know, and the Cardinals make the big splash and everybody starts waking up going, oh, ooh, shit, we better do something too. Yeah, That's how the market has been over the last three, two or three seasons. You know, back in the day, You'd have big name free agents getting signed during the winter meetings, and mm-hmm. you know right after free agency opened, and usually it's early December. You didn't have these guys hanging around, you know, for mu- if they were hanging around this far into into the the off season, it was because they weren't sure where they wanted to go. Yeah, you know, when Greg Maddox resigned with the Cubs way back in the day, I think he resigned like right before spring training because he wasn't even sure if he wanted to go back to Chicago or not, and, and you see that. And there, but there are some big names that are still out there. I mean, the big fish is still out there. Trevor Bauer, that's the one everybody's talking about, you know, three years ago, Trevor Bauer Bauer is a free agent. He's probably getting a Garrett Cole type contract. If he's, you know, in the, just, you know, he's pitching the same way. Yeah. Now there are teams that aren't willing to give, you know, three, four, more than three or four years, Mm -hmm. you know, he may still get the overall yearly value, the annual value, there's talk about the Dodgers possibly throwing four years and a you know 120 million at him, so he's going to be in that 30 million dollar range. Um, but it's just that you know it makes you wonder, and a lot of t- you know these teams are waiting for the market to evolve and the market to set itself. It's, you know it's no different than real M- real Muto, the catcher who is the uh, the big fish on the um, um, behind the behind the plate. Yeah. And I think he signed for what I'd say five years, uh, I don't know, buck ten or something, uh, with the uh Phillies. The Mets were really hot after him. Right? They wanted to get real Muto, and I know they were gonna offer somewhere in the one twenty five to one fifty range for him, but he re signs with Philly, and the Mets have to go out and, and snag um uh what's his name? The catcher they got from uh oh, what is his name? It's gonna drive me crazy. Uh, well, it doesn't matter. They, they yeah. went out and got – oh, James McCann.
0: James McCann,
1: yeah, yeah. And oh, from,
0: to, from the White yeah. Sox. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Because there was talk that, you know, wh- whoever really jumped in and spent the money on remuto between those two teams, mm-hmm. you know, McCann was going to go the other place or whatever the case may be. But, yeah, I mean, McCann got, I think, got much less than that. I think he was in the $40 million range somewhere there. But there's still a lot of decent players out there that are available, and you think, okay, are the Cubs – Opened up payroll so they can sign some of these guys. No, you know George Springer. You would have thought you would have seen him go to uh, the White Sox. I know they were a, a favorite landing spot for him, as far as people yeah. saying that. Uh, the Blue Jays snagged him for a buck fifty over, I think, six years. Um, you know Lemay, who as expected went back to the Yankees for a very, very team friendly contract. I don't know if you saw that. He's one of the best hitters in baseball. Pure hitters in baseball. Yeah, no, He's making like fifteen million dollars a year. I mean that's a pretty damn good steal for him. So, so some of the top guys are off, but there are still some guys out there available that can that can help teams. Um, you know, not from a starting pitching perspective. Uh, but you know, you mentioned uh, Hendricks, you know, in the opener, the, yeah. the, Liam Hendricks from the White Sox getting $54 million. 54 million. I, that's million. that's a ton of money for him. I know. I think the market for him was expected to land somewhere in the twenty five to thirty million dollar range. I know the Phillies were definitely interested. And a few other teams as well, so that almost feels to me like the White Sox stretched a bit there, because they feel they are ready to take that next step. Yeah. You, know, you ask in the opener, is he re- was the White Sox closer really worth fifty million dollars? Well, I think we'll probably get to the answer to that question at the end of this season. Yeah. That's the way I look at that. You know what I mean? They're gonna be. It's gonna be one of those things where you know, kind of like when the Cubs really sent a a, a big. Hall to the Yankees for Chapman, yeah. Back in uh, you know during the World Series year, and uh, on the surface, you think back at the trade, they gave up a lot of pretty good players to bring him in, yeah. But at the end of the day, won him a championship. Absolutely. They didn't win the championship. People probably would have been like, man, I can't believe you know the guys that we lost there. But so I don't know. The time will tell on the Hendricks signing, in my opinion.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, speaking of White Sox, man, I mean they've got some decent pitching. Uh, not a lot of big names. I mean Dallas uh, uh what is it? Klucel? Is it Klukel? Keichel. Keiko. Dallas Keiko. Yeah. You know, he's good. Galato, another one. Lance Lynn. Gioletto, Gio I think is how you say it. Oh, Gioletto, excuse me. I could be wrong.
1: <laughs> but Liam done. Hendricks was, is her closer. About, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, during football season. So yeah, I don't, mean don't trust me on how how <laughs> I
0: name people. You know they've you know they've got some they've got some you know they got some decent pitching and the bullpen seems to be you know it's okay we we'll, i mean we'll see how it plays out you know catchers you know they lost james McCann but you know they got Grandel and Collins. first baseman they got jose Abreu. that he was well he was m v p wasn't he didn't he didn't he- win m v p uh-huh, uh-huh. And I think you've got. I mean, there's there's talk of they at least in the conversation for
1: um, James Paxton, a former uh, Mariner and Yankee pitcher, who you know he struggled this past season. I know, I think he was hurt, uh, struggled with some injuries, um, but he had a stretch. He had a, a stretch there. He's a pretty decent pitcher in in a couple of years with um, the Mariners and, this, and then with the Yankees. So the White Sox, I don't think the Sox are done. I no. think they're still going to be, you know, adding and and making that team. I really feel they think they're ready to take that next step. So yeah. they've got a couple things they need to do still. Well, they we'll got see. Machado,
0: they got Tim Anderson at shortstop. Left field is Eloy Jimenez. Who um, the Cubs gave them? And then you, yeah, thank you, Chicago Cubs, appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And then you got Lewis Robert, who was the rookie sensation. And then right field, man, they brought back uh, Adam Eaton. You know, they signed mm-hmm. him to a one-year contract. And I always liked Adam Eaton, man. That kid, that guy is like your voice of the team. Like, he's Good the locker one. room guy. That's and, what I've heard about him. Yeah, great locker room guy. And then you still have Leroy Gar- Garcia. Uh, and then you and for the DH, you can use uh, Abreu or Grandal. You can use these guys. I mean, they have hitting. Uh, the question will be the pitching and... The closer now. I don't see Rodon in here, but I thought I saw something in there that the the White Sox um, signed Rodon, Carlos Rodon.
1: Hey, well, maybe it's waiting on a physical or something like that. I know he was mentioned as a possible Cubs landing spot as well. So
0: yeah, so I mean, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for a lot of players to a lot of teams to get out there and if they're talking about the 152 game season or extending it any further just so they can get all the games in pending covid and all that stuff i think you got to take the you you got to do what you can to win championships and well it's one go ahead yeah and if you can't then it really especially when you don't have especially when you don't have fans going to the games I mean, you really need to. You're really going to need to sell um, TV views and and that kind of stuff. You need to be a big market. Yeah. It's going to be tough for these smaller market teams if they can't provide fans to go to these games. It's going to be a lot of money well, to be wasted, unfortunately. Yeah, and it, well, it's and and the game the season game season is actually 162
1: games, but they did they did actually that's that's the interesting thing is this still isn't set yet because the league did um, propose to the union on a shorter season. They've already done that. They did that at this past weekend um, where they're proposing a 154 game schedule. So really only losing uh, eight games. However, they do want to start the the season a month later than schedule, um, uh, you know, later than they want to do that. So, uh, but the union has really been pushing to start the season on time. You know, how kind of contentious that was yeah. last year with every contentious that was with everything, um, you know, trying to figure out how much money to pay and things like that. Um, but I mean, literally, we've got we've got uh, players getting ready to report to spring training sites here pretty soon mm-hmm. in the next week or two, and you know, the players' union is not for expanding the playoffs. Um, you know, they believe the larger postseason sort of takes away from the regular season. That's been the argument ever since we added added wild card and everything else. Yeah. So, um, you know that still isn't even set. So it's going to be interesting as we kind of start getting through and and players start reporting and you start seeing how COVID starts impacting even the spring training type stuff that they're doing on whether we will start the season on time. I know a lot of people are anxiously waiting for that. Um, You know, I'm a stats geek when it comes to baseball, so I love seeing the, the season stats actually not having to be averaged out. So I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be interesting.
0: Well, no question. Yeah, we we're, it's going to be I think it's going to be exciting uh baseball season. We'll see how it plays out. So now we have the big big blockbuster trade that happens in the week leading up to the Super Bowl. And the Bears traded for Tom Brady? Is that, <laughs> is that what you about to say? Yeah, and and they put Mitch Trubisky in Trubisky Trubitsky. Trubisky Trubisky starting the Super Bowl? Is that Yeah, big, oh, yeah that's crap. what they're doing. Yeah, are you kidding me?
1: Are you kidding me? Holy <laughs> Testicle Tuesday!
0: So the, the yeah, right. Holy Testicle Tuesday! So the Detroit Lions trade. I mean, I, here's the thing: Detroit Lions trade um, Matt, Matt Stafford Houston. for Jared Goff. Would you think that that right there, the Matt Stafford for Jared Goff, would be an an even swap? No. No. So I man well, I, the, I mean it
1: depends it depends on how you look at it I think but because you have to look at you really to me this is the thing that's crazy about this trade for me. Jared Goff oddly in my opinion. But Jared Goff in this trade is almost like the throw in. Yeah. He, he is. And and that's unbelievable when you think about it so i mean this trade dude it it i could not make sense of this i was actually texting with the boys this weekend just going guys i so, just don't see this
0: so let's talk about hold on before you get into that let's let's say what happened so Ma- matthew stafford is heading to the los angeles rams jared golf is going to the saints detroit no, the will or excuse me the lions detroit will yeah. acquire golf a 2021 third round pick a first-round pick in 2022 and 2023 in exchange for Stafford. I mean, they're getting two first-round picks and a third-round pick, and then, you know, third-round pick next year or this year, and two first-round picks the year after, the next two years after. The Rams will inherit the two-year contract, 50, uh, $43 million remaining in Stafford's contract, and the Lions will carry a $17.8 million dead cap hit in 2021. To me, as you said before, uh, it's crazy to think that golf would be traded. I I, I don't know what happened in in L. A. But Matthew Stafford's older, and mm-hmm. he couldn't get it done. He couldn't get it done with. He had some decent players around him. He had Calvin Johnson. I mean, he had Megatron man, and they uh, couldn't. He, he couldn't had, get it done. Yeah. He- did not have
1: a, a really good supporting cast the entire time. The one year actually I was talking to Kevin about this, my son, about this, that he said the one good year he actually did have a supporting cast, they went eleven and five.
0: So, but other years they've they've struggled to put good players around but they Magic had step. they had defense, they had Don Mc, McSue uh Sue. You know yeah. the, they had and Don McCall.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, and here's the thing that, you know, you just look at the trade. Now, let's just talk about the trade on on paper. You know, you mentioned who they're getting, but let's talk about the numbers. Yeah. Because you mentioned the dead cap hit. So, because I looked at that, too. I I tried to put myself into this to try to figure out where this made sense. From a cap perspective, now, the Rams, that Jared Goff quarter, that that, uh, contract he had, they have an out prior to the 23 season, I believe. So, really, he only had two more years of guaranteed money. Um, but before they traded him, you know, he was counting probably between 28 and 35 million against the cap over the next four seasons. He probably wouldn't have been there beyond 2022 anyway, but let's just call it that. Um, they, after the trade, uh, the Rams are going to have about $42 million tied up in, in the cap between golf, the dead money for Goff, and the new money for Matthew Stafford. So they actually lost money in the cap, like by $7 million. For them, for them, it's beyond, as far as what the cap is concerned, it's beyond today or beyond this year. You know, they gained $10 million in cap room um, next season, uh, you know, 2022. And then of course they, they no longer have him eating up $60 million over the final two years of that deal. So it opens them up there. So from a cap perspective, it opens things up. However, What's the grand plan at quarterback because you you mentioned it. Stafford is 32. Mm-hmm. I think he's 32 years old. He's got two more years left on the, on his deal. To me, the only way I can see that this makes sense for the Rams is that they feel Stafford is their quarterback of the future. Like they think they just landed themselves a guy like Brady or Breeze
0: or somebody who can play for the next 10 yeah, years. they at feel a he's good high, level. Yeah, they feel he's highly undervalued.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because it can't be they're looking to re- reinvent themselves at quarterback because they they just gave away all their picks. So they won't have a first round draft pick for 7 straight seasons now, Ron. 7 years in a row because they traded a couple of picks for Ramsey. Yeah. When they brought him in. I mean, it so I just don't I just could not So they're going for the they now. Have.
0: They're going for the Super Bowl championship now. Can they get it with Stafford? He hasn't been in a lot of playoff games. It's hard to tell. Neither is golf, but golf is, you know, ten years younger. So let's compare though real quick for the twenty twenty season. Uh golf had three hundred and seventy completions, Stafford had three thirty-nine. Golf had five hundred and fifty two attempts, five twenty eight for Stafford, and their percentage is basically sixty seven percent to sixty four point two percent. Stafford. So Mm -hmm. they take a little step down. He didn't throw as many, but I believe he was a little injured. But when you're throwing for distance, Stafford's 7.7 yards per attempt, where golf was 7.2. Stafford had more yards at 4,084 to 39.52. I mean, still really close. Stafford had 26 touchdowns. Golf had 20. Golf had 13 interceptions. Stafford only had 10. And, but Stafford was sacked 38 times and golf was only sacked 23 times. You can only imagine what Stafford would have if, if with a front line that he would get in LA. Well,
1: I think that's what the Rams are banking on. Yeah. They're banking on, they can put a good enough team around him, you know, cause the one thing you gotta be careful about with Stafford's stats, Ron is a good chunk of those are, Hey, shit! We're losing the game, and now we've got to pass like how to get back in. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. So you can't be like, oh, he threw for four thousand yards. Yeah, that's because they were three and thirteen, and he and 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 both guys have the propensity to turn the ball over. So it's not like you're. That's the thing. That's why I don't know where the marriage kind of just broke off with golf, and and golf actually literally came out and said, you know what? I'm just excited to be somewhere that I know they want me and they appreciate me. Yeah. So. What is what's going on behind it because golf? He's he's not a you know, he's not a Derek Carr, he's not a he's not an Aaron Rodgers, he's not a take charge kind of guy. Is that what they thought they were getting and now they're not going to? And they just can't,
0: they don't want that kind of guy. I don't know. I mean, golf had four rushing touchdowns, Stafford had zero, so and of course, he would because he's throwing for touchdowns, he's trying to throw for touchdowns.
1: Well, no, that Stafford is not, he's not going to be running the ball on you. I mean, the one thing, so here's the thing. I think Stafford is definitely a good quarterback and has not gotten a good, that's what's going to be interesting about this. You put him in a position where if they truly do put a good supporting cast around him, which they've got some good receivers there. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we talked about the cap earlier where where I mentioned they were, you know, as of today, the Rams are $35 million over the cap. So they've got a lot of work to do. Um, their top two defenders, I mentioned Ramsey, and then of course Aaron Donald, and their top two wideouts, um, who is it, Cooper Cup and uh, Robert Woods? Yeah, dude, they make up like seventy-five million dollars in in of the Rams cap. I mean, just in those four dudes alone. So I really hope they know what the hell they're doing beyond this because Stafford doesn't want to come here. I mean, he's coming to the Rams thinking he's got a legitimate chance now.
0: Yeah. And, and, and he gets honest, a hang out with his buddy.
1: It's a losing organization. You know? I mean, yeah. sometimes
0: that just sticks with you, you
1: know? So,
0: Well, and he's going to see his buddy. Right? He's he's good friends. He's like, Clayton Kershaw? Yeah, he's good friends with Clayton Kershaw.
1: Mm-hmm. Went to school together. But takeaway, so get, go, let's go back to the trade, though, real quick. The actual trade. Take away Jared Goff. Yeah, and just trade Matt Stafford for a two first round picks and a third round pick. Yeah, uh, that in and of itself is a good trade. That's what the that's probably better than I would have
0: expected they would have for gotten. Stafford. Yeah. yeah, if you took out yeah. golf I mean, altogether, I don't think you get yeah. two first rounds and a third round yeah. for Stafford. That's why
1: I yeah. So that's why if it made it seem like you know golf was really the throw in, and here you got a a quarterback that you know he. he went to the NFC championship, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, so, I don't know. It's interesting. It's going to, it's going to be interesting to see how this all um, all plays out. I mean, oh yeah. it's weird to me that they can, cons- you know, you would consider golf as the gravy in this deal instead of the actual meat, you know, I mean, yeah. that's, I think I read that on one of the the uh, things I've read this past weekend about it. Um but, you know, like I said, I mean, it, the one thing is that this does, obviously, is it does give the Lions, you know, an opportunity to not miss a beat at starting quarterback. Goff can definitely get in there and play for well enough for them. I think they have the seventh pick in the draft. So even if they wanted to make a move at quarterback, they may not necessarily be get who they want. I don't think Justin Fields or even Zach Wilson is necessarily going to be re- available at seven. You know, Trevor, uh, uh, what's his name from uh, Clemson's not going to be there. Yeah. Uh, but they, who knows? I mean, they could trade up. I mean, I was actually telling Kevin, I would not be shocked if they potentially turned around and traded Goff and moved up in the draft to get somebody, you know, and started their rebuild. I mean, that's also wow. a possibility. You know, maybe Goff is there for them to make, you know, find a suitor. There are plenty of teams out there that are a quarterback away.
0: The from Bears? The <laughs> Who knows?
1: I mean, seriously. The Chicago uh, Bears? I, I don't think the Bears could, could handle the cap hit. Um you know, well, it I, sounds I, like
0: golf. Based on his statement, though, it sounds like that he is thinking he is going to stay with the Lions. Doesn't sound. Well, like who knows? He's going to trade off because you know they they appreciate him.
1: I mean, right now, if you had to say who won or who lost, I'm uh, to me the Ram the 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 Lions won this trade. Oh, they killed them. Um, no question about it. Yeah. Um, you know, just looking, you know, even at the even at the cap. I mean. The Lions are, are, you know, taking an additional $14 million hit on the cap this year, um, bringing him in because they owed, um, I think Stafford was on the books for them this year for about $33 million, but he's not going to get all that. You know, some of that's going to be dead money for the, the Lions, but not all of it. I think you mentioned it's $17, 18000000 something like that. Um, and, you know, realistically, the Lions will then have, you know, Goff for, I think, about $75 million over the final three yeah. years of the deal if he plays out. Well they were going to be paying 26 27 million for Stafford anyway. Yeah. So the the next two seasons for them are essentially a wash if they can make some additional moves in that in you know they're still over the cap though by about 10 million. So they've got some decisions they're going to have to make. Oh, yeah. And that could include a trade for Goffs going somewhere else and them getting some,
0: you know potentially moving up no, to that, one of the No that boys absolutely that is that is absolutely interesting. Now I'm going to throw something out at you. I want your opinion on it, okay? Gotcha. Because uh, we have about eight minutes left in this podcast, and then we're out, my right. friend. Here we go. Is 8-8 good enough? No. Is losing in the first round of the playoffs good enough? No. Uh, but what I appreciate is that we fought, we stuck together, and we start off five and one. We go through those tough six games. We win three out of final, our final four regular season games. And I do think that speaks to the culture that we have. Does it speak to the culture that you have, that you no. actually won, you beat the the bottom half of the NFL teams? Yeah. Listen, we won f- we won f- five and one, right? Five and one. They start off five and one. Right off five. And then one. we lost six in a row, and then our culture speaks to it that we were able to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, the worst team in the NFL. And we were able to beat Minnesota, which wasn't that good to begin one of with. The worst defenses in the NFL, <laughs> Minnesota, and then Houston, and then Houston. Are you kidding me?
1: What's and your then we what, had to play? Real teams. What do you <laughs> What do you feel about that? That well, one we nailed, them, we nailed them last week, and I think they got run over by the smack wagon because it was just you know what. And you know, here I am. I'm I'm I was in a good mood, and now you put me in a bad. mood. Okay, okay, hold on, hold
0: on. I got I got three more little clips I want to play. I want your feedback on it. Here we go. Ownership has given us an opportunity. They've given us all the resources we can ask for. And now that's on Matt and I to prove them right. Well, I thought when they hired him the first time, I mean, not that they hired him a second time, but when they hired him initially, that they gave him all the resources he needed. He was, he made trades. He made blockbuster trades. He got Khalil Mack. Um, did he lose his ability to have resources this past year? Just wondering.
1: <laughs> no, he did not. And you know, I can't you can't even measure a guy on a trade in my opinion on a trade like you make for Khalil Mack, right? That's not to me that's not necessarily how you measure a gain when you're talking about a general manager because when you hit when you go for something that impactful and that big, right? He, if it fails, you're you almost have like a safety net. People will be like, Well, we okay. didn't see it potentially failing like that. okay, you know So I
0: mean? so you would say yeah. more of a Rokon Smith. Rokan Smith.
1: So yeah, finding somebody in the draft or finding some talent or making a trade for somebody that's under the radar or undervalued, undervalued yeah. versus you know, you make a bold trade for somebody who is a superstar and it works out, well, you're smart. If it doesn't work out, eh hey, at least you pulled the trigger on and you made a big move. You can't measure it on that. It's got to be the other stuff, and that's where I think he missed the, missed the part. Okay, next one.
0: What well, we need to do now with this opportunity that we're given um, through George and Ted. Oh, it, I guess that's all I had through on George, it. <laughs> well, that's well, why. It, I, that's it, why I stopped it there.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, you know why it's a cliffhanger? Because he mentioned the word Ted. <laughs> Okay, and Ted sucks. Ted Phillips. Ted Phillips. I would hire him day one to balance my checkbook, but I'm not going to hire him to put my pee football team together because he sucks. That's that, how I feel. That's about
0: that why, clip. That's why. That's why. On, one more that's clip, and then then we're out, bud. And one more, and we're out. Here we go. Coming off season, and which is huge. It's going to be really, really big. That Ryan and I, with the strength that we have, working together. Um, and, and what we've done in the past couple of years together, um, there's conviction and there's collaboration to dig in and reflect and say why and how, and then we got to be true to our process. And so when we understand where we're at and we get it and we put our head down and we go and we do it for our fans, for our city, for our organization, for our players, for everybody, we need to do everything we can to get this thing, right. We're going to exhaust ourselves. Are you? It sounds clichéic right there. We're going to put does. our heads down. We're going to charge forward. We're going to we're going to collaborate. We're going to talk to each other. How do you feel? I feel pretty good. How do you feel? Um the problem is he Brian Pace is not calling the plays on the field. So a poor play calling for Matt Nagy, unfortunately, is that Ryan Pace's problem? It would be because Ryan Pace hired Coach Nagy, but they'll put their heads together. What do you think about that clip there, T Dog?
1: Well, I mean, did he just learn about the word collaboration? Did he look it up over the last year or so? Because go back to go back to uh, John Fox's last season when they when they when they drafted Trubisky. Well, guess what? Oh, my God. Supposedly, John Fox did not want Mitchell Trubisky. He did not want him in there, but Pace overrode him and oh. several others in there. So, you know, that's that's the rumor that's out there. Of course, you can't get in the draft rooms, but, okay, well, why, why weren't you collaborating with him? Is that because he wasn't, quote, unquote, your guy? You see this all the time when when GMs kind of, you know, are brought in on the in the middle of a coach's contract or vice versa. You know, a lot of GMs, they have their own visions. They have their own ideas. They want to bring in their guy. What I don't want is them to bring in their guy because their guy is a yes man or yes woman. Whatever. Yes person. Yeah. I don't want them doing that shit. And yeah. that's what that's what worries me. Nagy, and we've said this before, Nagy seems like that kind of guy. He doesn't seem like he's the I'm gonna really Tell you how I think this team needs to go. You give me the pieces, and I'm going to coach them. He's he's a great leader, in my opinion. Matt Nagy's a good leader. He's not a good X's and O's guy, X and O guy, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's what I think they're lacking. So, but as far as this shit with collaboration, and all that, come on, come you know, on, man. I haven't seen it, so don't don't try to bullshit a bullshitter because <laughs> you're
0: just going to fail. You're going to get the smack wagon. That's what you're going to get, folks. Well, you've been listening to Monday Morning Couch Potatoes visit our website at mondaymorningcouchpotatoes.com. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at M&M Couch Potatoes. Listening to this podcast doesn't make you any smarter than you already are. The Monday Morning Couch Potato podcast is for general information purposes only. Get ready to listen to next week's podcast when we're talking Super Bowl, baby. Super Bowl. Thanks for listening, and I'm out.